How's it going? I'm great. How are you, Corinne? I'm fine. Fine. This is an episode of Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. I'm Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. And Leia's somewhere sunbathing in the sun. And our ghost <laughs> might be on here. Who knows? Honestly, maybe. The fruit fly tried to fly in my ear earlier. I was like, this is not how this relationship works. You're not trying to get inside of me. Grossed me out. So I locked myself in my room, away from the fruit fly as its punishment. <laughs> you can't hang out with me now. Just a 10-minute break. <laughs> um, I'm super hungover. <laughs> I was social. I'm never social. I never go out. I went out, and I am disgusted with myself. Because of the mustard? Yes. <laughs> that, okay. The My shirt is currently going through its second wash cycle because <sighs> I feel bad for anyone who witnessed it. I drank a little too much. My chest was permanently wet the entire night because I was just missing my mouth with the beer. <laughs> and it was going all down the front of me. And you chose oh, a white shirt. It was so shirt. awful. It was a white shirt. You shouldn't, if you can't get the beer into your mouth, you shouldn't have the beer in the first place. But that wasn't going through my head. And then... Or in your mouth either. I got a, <laughs> I got a chicken sandwich <laughs> from a gas station at oh, 3 a.m. That's a low, Corinne. That is low. The concern and worry in the cashier's eyes said enough. But it was too late. I'd already eaten half of it by the time I got up to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so you sat at the gas station to eat your sandwich. I stood there and I ate it. <laughs> I just imagine you like drunkenly standing still and like staring off into the distance as you stuffed your face with this sandwich. It's one of my embar- most embarrassing moments of my life. But you know what? We've all been there. I've had potato salad. You've had chicken sandwich. <laughs> we have our moments. Hopefully the mustard comes off of the shirt. Yeah. Do you eat potato salad again? Um, I haven't in a long time. Well, you can't now. It's not one of those things that you can go a long time without eating and your body graciously accept it the next time you no. put it back in. Yeah. Nope. Been there, done that. Don't want to have to do that again. We've told it on the podcast before. I don't think we have. I think we have in one of the earlier episodes. Really? But for a refresher for everyone, Sabrina also got a little too drunk one time. <laughs> in college? Just once. In I've college. only ever gotten too drunk once. I just, it was the first time I ever drank alcohol because I never drink it. Like, I, I'm just a really good eat This was, shoes. yeah, and this was after you turned 21. <laughs> <laughs> but we were at a party and there was a tub of potato salad. It was a daytime pool party. Mm-hmm. And you were vegan. At the time. So you weren't supposed Allowed. to eat potato salad. Correct. And Sabrina was going ham <laughs> on the potato salad, like, like, you know, the serving spoons that you use for like salads, that was her spoon for the potato Ew. salad, practically. And then <laughs> we notice Sabrina disappears and the potato salad disappears. Everyone's like, this is weird. What's going on? She's been missing for like five minutes. You come into the house with your bike. The potato salad is in the basket in the front. And you just say, hey, guys, I'm going to take over. I can see you later. And I was trying and to be you so left. subtle. You biked away with the potato salad. I did. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a great plan. And 
You kidnapped the potato salad. You I, took I it for your I'm a professional potato salad kidnapper. So <laughs> hide your potato salad career. from me. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your potato salad. Hide your potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Good times. I was just in the sun. It was so nice. I haven't been outside in like decades. I felt like a vampire. But I hate the sand and I'm covered in it. And I feel like I will be covered in it for the rest of my life. The best part about going to the beach is coming home from the beach and showering. Yes. I haven't done that yet. Your sunscreen off, the sand, mm. the salt, the sweat. Get it all off. Get it all off. <laughs> um. Well, I have good news and I have bad news. Okay, what? My good news is the house that I would like to purchase in Beacon Hill is still on the market. Great It's news. still available. Okay, okay. When are you moving The bad in? news is I didn't win the lottery. <laughs> this week and so i cannot afford this seven million dollar house that i have had my eyes on for months yeah that that does make it difficult but if i do win i'll buy you a beach house <gasps> what about a beach house with a pool getting a little greedy uh okay sorry you have the whole ocean <laughs> all right you're right very nice of you you're right i shouldn't have asked for more <laughs> but like can i have my own custom-made shower in my bedroom. Okay, yeah. Cool. My brain is not working well. I'm not good at having hangovers. Uh, yeah, they suck. It just makes you tired, I am too. pretty much completely caught up on Handmaid's Tale, too. I am still a season behind. Well, you gotta catch up. I know. I'm watching Killing Eve, and I'm in the middle of the season finale. It is probably, is the, probably the best show I've seen in a very long time. What is it about? It's a female assassin who goes around killing people. And then Sandra O oh from Grey's Anatomy is a agent who's trying to track her down. Ooh. It's so good. I think I would like that. You would. You would like it. You know what movie I really want to see? What? I don't remember the name of it, but uh, Shailene, of course, as soon as I try to speak, I don't remember anything. Shailene Woodley is in it. It's based on a real story about the couple that was in a shipwreck at sea and she had to survive. And like, Oh, yes. I've seen like, the trailer for this. Oh, it looks so good. I, I definitely cried during that trailer. It's intense. Oh, my gosh. I cried so hard this morning. At, it was like a trailer for – or no, it was a commercial for – Damn it, I can't remember what it was, but I was bawling my eyes out in this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> and Nick like turned over to me and was like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you should write, when you remember what it is, you should write to that company and be like, this was such a powerful commercial. Yeah. And then maybe they'll give you free stuff if you compliment them. Oh, okay. Is that all you have to do to get free stuff? I think so. I'm pretty sure if you compliment Target, don't quote me on this, but I think they send you a gift card. What? I think they've got like $5 gift cards just... Just for compliments? Ready to throw out like confetti at all of their That wouldn't work for us because every, that means every email we get, we have to send out something. We don't have that kind of That's money. what I'm saying. It wouldn't work out for us. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait. So there's these kinds of fish called grunions. And have you ever heard of them? <laughs> no. And they come up to shore like once a year to to mate and they come like out of the water on the actual sand to to have sexy time yeah to do it did you see it they it was this past weekend so in california yeah so a bunch of people went outside and i guess a big place to go is venice beach and so 
They like how? they send I scouts. I lived there for six years. How did I not know that? I had no idea. What do they? How big are they? They look like little snakes. Ew. Yeah, you have to look it up online. I was like so confused by it, but it's okay. I I watched nature do its thing. I will look it up. I have a new fear. I'm afraid of those blue dragon, blue dragon fish things. What is that? Because I read about them, and they're like the most poisonous, and they live all over the world in the oceans. So we're screwed. So many things to be afraid of. Just stay inside, Just you guys. Stay inside. Stay inside. Forever. I'm going to start building a bunker. I was thinking about that today. <laughs> I was. I was thinking, I was like, where would a good spot be? It's it's because I keep watching Handmaid's Tale. So I'm like, if something yeah. like this happened, where would my bunker be for me to camp out for like years until it blows over? A bunker is extreme. But at the same time, it's kind of a great idea. You should just get a bunch of those old shipping containers mm-hmm. and put them underground i think someone did this i'm pretty sure i'm certain a guy did this he took a bunch of old shipping containers and he put them underground and so now he's got like a bunch of different rooms it's a house that's a brilliant idea i would still need someone to help me get them underground because i'm not good at that stuff shoveling yeah you know how long that would take me i'll help you okay fly over here we have to wear gloves though so we don't get blisters oh i poor hands i just got a (laughs) manicure I want my hands to stay so feminine. Look at how long and beautiful and woman-like my fingers are. My fingers are total chodes. <laughs> I've always been envious of my mother's fingers. She's got these like long, pretty hands. Mine looks like the hamburger helper glove. <laughs> it's sad. It's oh, a sad day for me. Here goes Corinne's self-deprecating jokes again. <laughs> Guys, we're trying so hard to like avoid this topic this week because it's really scary. It's so scary. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> I know. I'm nervous to hear yours too. Do I go first? I think you go first. But I do have, I had a really interesting email from um, a company that actually takes in haunted antiques. <gasps> Specifically Oh haunted- yeah, we're doing haunted artifacts. Oh yeah. Haunted artifacts. That's our topic. Yeah. So, but they specifically take in haunted dolls and they sent us an email. Oh my God. And I just wanted to read a little bit of it because I think it is so fascinating because, I mean, it's one thing to talk about objects that are haunted, but then there are all these people out there who collect them and then try to find them new homes because the biggest thing is when you accidentally have something that's haunted, you cannot destroy it because that will make it worse. Yes, don't burn it. Don't throw it in the trash. So I thought it was just interesting that there were these people who are out there who can help you safely get rid of something that's haunted and then find it a new home. This is from Aeonian Spirits. And she says, the shop is run by Jay and I, the two of us and our friend Mary, are childhood friends, and we all grew up together. Mary is a talented psychic medium. And when she inherited a doll from her grandma's estate, she knew right away that there was some sort of energy and spirit attached to it. She got to know the girl, and Jay and I met her. We were so intrigued. Mary started noticing and pointing out vessels that had spirit occupants more and more often as she perfected this certain skill. We all three made some new friends and made little more spiritual family, spirit families. However, we began bringing home spirits who were struggling with their own issues. Some had to get over past trauma, abuse, and neglect, anxiety, depression, dissociative tendencies, multiple personalities, etc., Some of these people had never 
Some of these people had even been cast away from previous homes because they had been viewed as scary or negative. But in reality, oh, this makes me sad. I know. But in reality, they were acting out of fear and trauma. Obviously, we did what we could to help our friends settle in and begin to heal. Several of our older spirited residents began to help out too. We have several who actually act as therapists. It's heartwarming to know how much love they can give to all the troubled soul who's com- souls who come through here. Our hearts went out to these people. Perhaps they couldn't find happiness and peace in life, but they could find it now with a little help. Of course, not everyone is meant to stay with us, so Jay and I opened up our shop on Etsy to help everyone find where their ideal home is. Our shop is a little different from others online. We require each potential potential adopter to answer some questions first so that we can find the perfect home for our friends. They are our family, and we want to get them right where they are meant to be, not just to anyone. In our experience over the years, people who have gotten who have haunted dolls sometimes tend to see them as novelty items or even research subjects. It often gets forgotten along the way that ghosts are actually human beings, and due to this mindset, spirits often suffer horrific mistreatment. Which is so sad. I know, this is making me feel really guilty about (laughs) the past 41 episodes. (laughs) We've seen spirits bound to vessels by inexperienced witches who want to who wanted a companion, spirits' energy being drained to be used in spells, spirited children being neglected and cast aside and suffering mentally from the lack of comfort, troubled spirits being contained in glass cases and locked boxes to keep their depression from affecting anyone else's happiness, babies and demons being kept on the same shelf by inexperienced spirit companions. Ooh, that sounds real scary. Yeah, and any number of things in between. Our goal as a shop is not just to find our friends' homes, but to educate educate the paranormal community. The spirit world can be dangerous, yes. Negative and demonic entities do exist, and they are out there. However, ghosts should never be treated as evil right off the bat. Just like with living human beings, there's good people and there's bad people. You have to get to know who you're talking to and treat everyone with respect and kindness, just as you would a living person. Thank you so much for your podcast and for sharing experiences of people living and spirited from all over the place. You two are doing great work, and I'm so happy and honored to be part of it. The spirits here send their greetings as well. Let me know if you have any further questions. Oh, my God. I feel like we're meeting a celebrity. <laughs> Ghosts know about us. They know. She said, if you have any further questions, I'm more than happy to answer. Sincerely, Michelle. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. I never thought about it that way either. I'm glad that she emailed us. Yeah, I mean, I think we we like to talk about how spirits are misunderstood, right? Like, but they're obviously we talk about very scary experiences as well. So, like, we right we do jump to some conclusions, but I think we do a good job of also understanding that ghosts were once people, so they have similar feelings and issues. It's hard too because we've talked about it before. I just keep thinking about the child and the demon being kept together on the shelf. I know. I feel like you do have to be quite experienced in that sort of thing to understand it because right. you and I both are like, well, are the children actually children or right. are they just demons in disguise? <laughs> like, I don't know how you can tell the difference or how you would. Right. And also demons have childlike behavior. So it they throw tantrums. Right. It's interesting that these spirits are find a home in their dolls. And they actually, on their Etsy shop, you can look at each individual doll and learn more about the doll and their history and who the oh spirit gosh, is. I'm going to do this as soon as we stop recording. <laughs> 
I'm so intrigued. Yeah, she said that they've had some, of course, because they've had a lot of dolls in and out of their shop, that they've had demonic and dark spirits come through. But That's scary. For the most part, because they have their friend Mary, who does a lot of psychic readings with the spirits and, like, gets to know them before they do anything with them. I think they are able to distinguish the difference between them. I hope everyone has a happy, friendly home. (laughs) And now we know if you have a spirit in your home and they're not threatening, let them live. Let them be, you know. Give them what they want. They're just trying to be social. We're social beings, you know. Yeah, sometimes. We don't like to live alone. And I bet none of you do. Because you have ghosts in your house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what did you do? Okay. (laughs) i'm scared i've been dreading this okay okay first a thank you to matthew he emailed us with this suggestion in a link to the story oh my gosh okay so i got this from matthew matthew if anything happens to us this is your fault matthew i swear to god if i start smelling pond water i'm gonna get you oh no this is the curse of the crone of cat skills A lot of this information was taken from an article written by Greg Newkirk, who is actually, he's the the museum director for the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult, which is where the Crown of Catskills currently lives. It travels? Yeah, they did. It's like the first ever traveling museum. Greg and his wife, Dana Matthews, they work together and do, actually, they're coming to Massachusetts. I want to go see them, but the tickets are so expensive. They're oh. coming to um, the Lizzie Borden house, and there's like a whole ghost that hunt and so like fun. dinner, and you can yeah, they're bringing some of their stuff. Oh, I wish I could go. Somebody give me three hundred dollars. Wait, Corinne, that sounds so cool. I know. Doesn't it sound like the best thing ever? Ugh. Can we split a ticket and then like attach ourselves and pretend that we are Siamese twins? <laughs> yes, <And laughs> we count as one person. <laughs> Where where would we be attached? Just at the fingertip? We'll yeah. <laughs> it was too dangerous for us to get separated. <laughs> we prefer it this way. <laughs> anyway, so they're super cool. I like researched all of their websites, and I'm sure anyone who watches paranormal shows have seen them right. before because they're big in the paranormal world. And now they have this traveling museum where they bring articles and artifacts around but you're not allowed to touch the crown of cat skills that's one that's a you may look but you cannot, cannot touch. touch so this all of this information okay i'm basically just rereading you greg's article thanks it greg. was taken from their website week in weird week in weird okay. um yeah and i looked at a bunch of other articles but they're all of the information was here Everything else was just repeated on other sites. So thanks, Greg. I just can't wait. I don't I don't know what to expect. I'm scared. Can you tell how much I'm trying to not go into it? I'm like gonna tell you about Greg Newkirk and Dana Matthews. I'm trying not to respond to you because I just want you to get to the story. Should I start talking about Lizzie Borden now too? No, okay. Back in twenty sixteen, a New York man found this sculpture in a cave while he was hiking with a friend in the Catskills Mountain or Catskill Mountains. So this guy finds the thing in the cave. Okay. And his friend was like, I don't want anything to do with this thing. We need to leave this item here. 
And this area, too, that they were hiking is known for cult cult activity. Cults are on my mind, obviously. Because you're Um, starting one. Occult activity. And just, like, they believe that there are creepy groups. Oh, no, poor connection. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Holy shit. I Uh, just looked it up. A picture of it. Of the crone? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I forget what I was talking about. Oh, this area is just like a hot spot for, I guess, um, witchy things and curses and all that crap. Okay. So they were already a little nervous in the area. And then they find this sculpture sitting in a cave. And one of the guys is like, let's take it home. And the other friend is like, no, let's not. But you would the be the guy decided. saying, let's take it home. And I would be the one saying, no, let's not. No, I wouldn't. I'm not going <laughs> to touch it. I'd be running. That's the one thing that I don't have to fight. If I come across the sculpture, I'm running. <laughs> okay. But this guy's like, no, nah, I'm going to take it home with me. And because he's dumb. The Crone of Catskills, which is a hand carved sculpture of a woman. It has a noose hung around its neck and three nails hammered into each eye of the carving. <sighs> It which makes it even more terrifying to look at. It's thought that the each nail was um, put in with like a certain like spell or intention. So there's three in each eye, totaling six, which is the devil's number. Ugh. But it's what's so creepier creepy. than the carving's appearance is the poltergeist <gasps> attached to it. Oh my god! When the man first brought the carving home paranormal activity started to pick up not surprising his dog would not go near it trust your pets you guys trust your pets people we don't have to say it again everyone knows we don't so his dog wouldn't go near it poor dog he said that his dog had actually been peeing herself in the house ever since the item was brought in no which she had never done before so she was very nervous around the crown of cat skills (gasps) Oh, that just gave me chills. That's so sad. I know. Poor Bibi was spooked. The carving would move from one place to another on its own. And a weird smell began to appear. While it was small at first, the strength of the smell and the strength of the attachment soon became very apparent. And the man knew that this was something bad. He started to feel as though he was being watched, and the feeling was accompanied by what he described as the smell of pond water. Oh. There were banging noises on his walls and on his door, loud enough to keep him up at night. And one time, there was a knock on his door at 3 a.m. Nope. And he, the motion detector lights come on, so he goes down to check, and he opened the door, but no one was there. But he suddenly felt a wave of dread. <gasps> kind of reminds me of a BK. Ugh. And he was so freaked out that he called his friend who had gone on the hike with him right. and was like, me and my dog need to spend the night. We're coming over. So me and my dog, D-A-W-G. <laughs> so he went over. He stayed with his friend. And after that night, he felt better. So he was like, OK, I'll, I'll go home. Maybe I'm overreacting. Uh-huh. He returned and he felt all right in the house. And he decided to catch up on some sleep because clearly he lost it that night at 3 a.m. Good banging luck. noises. He goes to sleep, but he wakes up around 10 p.m. because his dog is going crazy barking. He smells the pond water again, and he walks into his hallway. There were muddy, bare footprints all over the floor. He moves into the living room, and the sculpture had been moved to that room 
and that's not where he had left it. So it was now in the living room. Oh. Then he hears labored breathing, and he was like, okay, it is time to go. So he and his dog left again and went back to the friend's place. Not knowing what to do, but knowing that that thing was evil, the man and his friend took to the internet. Chris Carter, uh, he's one of the production assistants on the show Finding Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. He actually saw the post that these guys made about the crone of Catskills, then suggested that they contact Greg and Dana, who have now have the crone, wow. um, that night. So the guys quickly followed up with that suggestion, and they emailed Greg and Dana that night. And Greg responded telling the men to apologize to whatever it was and to return it to its location in the cave. But if they were against doing that, that he would be happy to store it for them in his museum. So the men thought about it and they were like, okay, like we can try to return it to the cave. That's not a huge deal. We're down for that idea. They returned to the guy's house to retrieve this carving. The dog is now refusing to go into the house. So she's outside in the yard, will not budge, but the two men enter together, and the swampy pond smell is there, and the footprints are still visible. <gasps> the statue is not in the living room anymore. Oh my gosh. Instead, it's in the hallway next to a large crack in the wall, which had not been there the day before, almost as if the crone was thrown into the wall creating this crack i so badly i'm just so curious how i just want to watch like secure like what's it called baby nest cams inside the house or nanny cams of this thing moving because well you can watch it i'll tell you you can not not you well let me get there okay okay get there oh my god i wouldn't suggest doing it though anyway so the the guys start they're apologizing to this thing, but they got the vibe that it wasn't really doing much good and that maybe returning to the cave wasn't such a good idea. But they're still there. They're talking to the carving. They're apologizing to the crone when the dog starts barking outside in a panic. So the men move to the door to see what the dog is freaking out about. And that's when they saw an old woman hunched over in the dark corner of the living room soaking wet with glowing eyes oh my god oh chill saying it i'm scared oh the guys freaked the fuck out obviously and they grabbed (gasps) the statue and they left and then they packed it up and shipped the crone to greg and dana and uh, that was that it was shipped off to them i how scary holy bananas what (sighs) Wait, okay, so they're apologizing to this thing, like, trying to be like, I'm sorry, and then they look up, and there's a freaking... They're in the hallway. The dog is barking, so they start walking, backtracking down the hallway, past the living room, and that's when they see a skinny, bony, old woman drenched in pond water. I have a million questions, but I'll save them. A week later, the crone was in the possession of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. And later that night, Greg and Dana were watching a movie in their living room when a bunch of noise came from the office. And they figured it was just their cats. So Greg got up and he went to go check. And he finds the office door locked and undisturbed, which is how he'd left it. But he also finds the cats cowering under the bed in another room. Again. Trust your pets. 
Dusty Pets, trust time. Greg is then like, uh, okay, let me check the office again. And then he goes in and he finds the plastic figurine of Jesus detached from the crucifix and it's missing an arm. Oh. And guess what? Guess what was below, sitting below that cross? The crone. The crone. No. Yes. I. The cross is still <laughs> on the wall. And part of Jesus's missing arm is still attached to it. So it's as if the figurine was ripped from the cross yeah. and thrown. So Greg and Dana were like, mm, no, thanks. And they set up a motion detector camera. <gasps> they did. <laughs> they didn't catch anything for a few weeks. But on March 2nd, just after 3 a.m., the crone moved, triggering the cameras. And not long after, Dana spotted wet marks on the <gasps> back of the couch. And she asked Greg about it. She was like, why were you, your feet wet? And why were you... St-? It was on the back of the couch as if the thing was standing on the couch, but like balancing on the very back oh. board. Okay, so in Google Images, I have the picture of the crone up. And then there's a picture of a woman with her hand out to the couch. Is that the photo? Yes, of Dana. You guys all need to like be at a computer oh God, while listening happening? to this. This shh, is... Shh. Wait, be quiet. What? I'm, I'm literally having a heart attack. What's happening? Oh my God. I think my heart's going to give out. Karen, what's going on? I don't know. I heard things. I heard things. What'd you hear? I heard like... It sounded like a... Like a plastic bag crinkling. But I'm home alone. Fuck, 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 fuck. Okay. I'll just melt as deep into the bed I can as I can. Let me check place. Casey's location on Find My Friends. Hopefully she's going home soon. <laughs> I'm so scared. Why did I choose this? Matthew. Matthew! <laughs> Damn it. This is why you need to get a pet. I, oh, I need a dog so bad. So not long after they spot the or so they spot the wet marks and she asked Greg about it. But Greg hadn't left the wet marks there, and neither had Dana. And then the scent of pond water filled the house. Okay, Uh-oh. anyway, sorry. Back to Dana and Greg. Not long after the smell and the crone had entered their house, the smell became almost unbearable. I need to put my feet in the covers. I can't expose myself. Your whole body um, should be under the covers right now. Well, now Just your, your neck up. <laughs> Uh, Greg having given many artifacts and spirits in the house a talking to when they act out, grabbed the crone, placed it in the living room, and gave it a bit of a lecture on boundaries. He said, this is a quote, uh, if we'd left you with those hikers, you would have found your way into a fire pit or a garbage can. If you found your way to a priest, you'd be bound and buried or worse, locked on a dusty shelf for years. We're happy for you to live here but only if you respect the situation. If you've got unfinished business, we'll help you put it to bed. But if you don't treat us respectfully, you're going in the box. (gasps) And as soon as Greg said, in the box, the sound of rushing water came from the laundry room. And Greg and Dana ran to the noise, but there was no water. And the sound had suddenly stopped too as soon as they got in front of the laundry room. But then a noise from the living room got their attention, and when they looked back, the crone had moved from the table to the floor. So Greg went to grab the crone, and Dana yelled, lunging towards him, 
And he realized that the TV was falling over onto him. But oh. Dana got to the TV in time and held it up. No way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So then they put the I... crone in the box. And they said that this stopped the noises and the smell for a while, but not the shadowy figure lurking all around. But just because the crone was locked in a box did not mean that it wouldn't go on tour with them. They brought it on tour, but ensured that I think it still is on tour. They're bringing it on tours. I like that it's like a concert tour. <laughs> uh, but you can only look and you're, you're not supposed to touch it. No one can touch it. And interestingly enough, the crone didn't need hands on contact or to be released from the box to have an effect on the onlookers. Museum goers have reported that they have had overwhelming anxiety, that they would try to get as far away from the item as possible. And they would also experience this weird sensation in their eyes, almost as if the crone was not allowing them to look directly at it. And they would smell Ugh. pond water and feel as though they were being watched and sometimes even witness the, the crone move on its own. Psychics had worse reactions and they all agreed that it was harboring something evil. And one medium, April Slaughter, spent some time with the crone and confirmed that it was an it, meaning an entity, so it wasn't a female, just like the, right. the crone carving is female. But the entity inside of it is an it. Uh, and that it was not happy about being taken. And that that cave had been used by this entity and the carving for many years. <gasps> to do what? I don't know. There's devil worshippers over there, so. <gasps> Another psychic, Chip Coffee, believes it to be an entity or the entity known as Marduk, who is associated with water. So that could explain the wetness the and pond smells. Pond scent. And no one knows why it was created or who created it, but it's been speculated that it was created to summon a local witch or maybe to contain a spirit. And another possibility is that it was made to protect the land and ward off the intruders. But why would it be such a negative spirit? I don't know. Maybe someone didn't say their prayer right or their spell. That's the thing with antiques is that you like it's hard to figure out what these things actually are. Right. But here is the part oh, about no. the surveillance. <gasps> okay, okay. Greg and Dana do a 24-7 live video of their artifacts. You can go to their website and click on the live feed. and Right now? They'll be, you can do it right now. I don't know if the crone is in it right now, but they switch out the items so people can actually like watch the items for mm -hmm. a certain extended amount of time. So the crone was put under surveillance and people are watching it from home and still experienced weird things like their eyes burning, the smell of pond water, and electrical issues. And one person claimed that the entity from the crone even appeared to her as well. No. She was watching the feed late at night and felt the weight of a body behind her and two legs slip on either side of her. No, 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 no. She assumed it was her two-year-old daughter, but then a loud noise came from down the hall and her dogs panicked and ran, and she realized that she was alone in the room. And then she had a dream that night, and the dream presumably was from the crone, and the crone's entity whispered in her ear that the entity had dropped the missing nails from Jesus's crucifix into Greg's mouth while he was sleeping. What? <laughs> 
the woman said that she's normally like more susceptible to paranormal stuff so like she's gotten messages and things have happened before and she usually ignores it but this entity's message the entity was very proud and very intentional with this message so the woman ended up emailing greg and greg then connected the dots and he remembered that not long after they got the crone he had excruciating stomach pain and he didn't think of the crone at the time he and he almost it was to the point where he almost went to the hospital he was really debating going to the hospital because he was in so much pain but now he's thinking that the crone must have caused this pain by putting the little tiny crucifix nails into his mouth for him to swallow as he slept i what (laughs) i know i can't process that like how uncomfortable can you be from a story obviously very because this makes me this gives me so much anxiety and i'm also already afraid of things crawling into my mouth when i'm sleeping so now this is even yeah and it's creepy too because when we think of crucifixes we think of god and we think of protection and all this stuff but the entity ripped apart the crucifix and then used the crucifix to inflict harm yeah onto someone. it is like yeah. the most malicious thing you can do with a crucifix as well so scary so that's the crone of catskills so i should not watch the live feed no i there's I, not much to say it's just horrifying it's horrifying and i can't believe dana and greg keep it these people are saints like the fact and same with michelle and her store like these these people who go around collecting these items knowing that they're haunted because they feel like they can offer them a safe place or a way to overcome their baggage now it makes me wonder too after you read michelle's email Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder how the other haunted artifacts that they have how those haunted artifacts feel Being about there. the crone's oh. presence i'm i've just i'm so curious about this thing because they saw a manifestation of like an old hag type physical yeah. form and i wonder if that's just what it chose to look like i know and it's such a disturbing visual too yeah and then it's like, did someone go into that cave and like use this as like an effigy of sorts to lock a spirit into for its ill purposes? Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of weird devil worshiping occult like stuff that happens in the mountains. And it's not, it's not positive. Right. They're not positive things. This is not well-intentioned people who go into the mountains and do these things everyone who goes into the mountain is ill-intentioned if you're outdoorsy you have bad intentions that's obviously a joke (laughs) um but then my other question is because it it makes me think that there's like a drowning of sorts involved and i wonder Mm -hmm. and the thing kind of looks the way that the nails are hammered into the eyes of it and the the noose around the neck it's like kind of like a voodoo doll of sorts it does look like a voodoo doll very much so it's weird like i wonder if someone was badly injured in the way that the crone of cat skills like represented or looks 
I don't know, but it's a demon. It's an entity attached <laughs> to it. So it, there was no accident. This is thing is from hell. Oh. And it chose to present itself not as a child, but as a creepy, skinny, bony, old, wet lady. It's disturbing. It is. And I... She has long, dainty hands, though, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Bony. Not the kind that I want. It makes me so nervous to talk about it because I feel like talking about it is willing it to, like, show up. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be able to leave my room until Casey comes home. This is why it would be so great if you were in, if we were in the same state or in the same place when we recorded because then we'd have each other to keep comfort. Yeah. You would always have to come to my place, though. Because <laughs> you're <laughs> deathly allergic to Leia. Yeah. Well, that's the story. That's the story of the Crone of Catskills. I'm glad I know it. I'm, I, yeah, I'm glad I know it. <laughs> I chose the DeBook box. And I'm pretty sure someone recommended it to us, but I could not for the life of me find it in our email. And I searched someone did. for so like, long. Well, I don't think it was an email. I think people were, um, have like DM'd us or. Oh, uh, maybe that's what it was. Tat, like commented and stuff. It's been we recommended a few times to us. Ma- we have too many social media platforms that it was impossible to find. But whoever recommended, thank you. Or. There were like 10 people who recommended this okay. one. So all 10 of you, thank you. So the Dubuque box is a wine cabinet that is said to be haunted by a Dubuque, which is a very restless, malicious spirit that is able to haunt and possess the living. Shit. What was that noise? What? Uh, It just sounded like a growl. Was it me? No. No, it was like a deep growl. Well, that's really disconcerting. Okay, I'm moving my headphones so I can hear out of one of my ears. Okay, back to it. The Dubuque box originates from Jewish folklore, but I don't think it's folklore because there are is documented proof that this box is haunted. And mm-hmm. there's one specific one that is very haunted. And since then... There's been a folklore around the Dubuque box, and I think a lot of people have found or related haunted items with the Dubuque box, but there's one in specific that is very haunted. Ooh, okay. So there are many of them, like I said, but the one I'll talk about is the reason that this haunted antique became so well-known. It's a story told by Kevin Manis, who is the man who bought a wine, the wine cabinet and then later tried to sell it on eBay. So when he tried did to he su- succeed in selling he it? He did. And I mean, you can go on eBay now and there are so many people trying to sell haunted things and so many people trying to buy haunted things. So when he sold it, he sold it with a very detailed story of his experiences, which I think is great because I, I think it's very easy to be like, oh, this is just a wine cabinet. I'm trying to get rid of it here. Sell it. Mm-hmm. Especially after you hear what happened to him. Oh, no. So this, most of this story is actually as told by Kevin Manis in his eBay posting. So I'm just going to share it with you. So, okay, this is September of 2001 and Kevin Manis, who owned a furniture refinishing store, refinishing store, was looking to buy and restore new furniture at an estate sale in Portland, Oregon. So the estate belonged to an elder woman who had passed away at the age of 103. 
Kevin was browsing the collection of items and a woman came up to him and struck up a conversation with him. And she said that she was the granddaughter of the woman whose estate this was. And so she continues on to tell Kevin all about her grandmother, about how her grandmother was born and raised in Poland. She got married, raised a family, and then was taken to a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. Wow. Yeah. And during the war, she and some of the prisoners of the concentration camp somehow escaped and fled to Spain, where they stayed until the rest of the war was en- until the war ended, which I think is just remarkable. And I, I was trying to look up; there was no specific name, so I couldn't find her full story. But uh, I just think it's such a fascinating. It's yeah, a you horrible, do what you can to survive. Yeah. So she escaped and she stayed in Spain. And when the war was over, she found out that she was the only one of her family who had survived. Oh my God! Can yeah. you imagine? Ugh horrible so she decided to immigrate to the u.s when she did she had only claimed three items she had a steamer trunk a sewing box and a small wine cabinet that she acquired while she was in spain waiting out the war so kevin decides to buy the wine cabinet and no the sewing box along with some other furniture that he was planning to refinish And as he was leaving, the granddaughter approached him once again and said, I see you got the Dibbuk box. And he goes, "Um, I'm sorry, I've never heard what a Dibbuk box, what's a Dibbuk box? And she goes, oh, she clarifies, that's the wine cabinet. And he goes, okay, well, what is, why do you call it Dibbuk box? And she told him that that when she was growing up, she'd always ask her grandmother what was in this box and that it was always kept in the sewing room and it was always kept shut and out of reach. And her grandmother would always warn her never ever to touch it or open it. Oh God. So she would always ask her grandma what it was. And her grandma said it was the Dibbuk box. And then she would spit through her fingers three times and say a Dibbuk and a Kesselim. What's that mean? A Dibbuk is the uh, spirit, but Kesselim, I don't know what that is because I didn't look it up. That's Okay. Moving on. We don't need all the details. Right. But she said those two things were in the Dibbuk box and that they were never to be opened ever. Holy shit. So she concluded that her grandma actually wanted to be buried with this box, but because it was against Jewish Orthodox tradition in terms of like burials, uh, her request was not honored. And so Kevin felt really bad. He was like, here, like, let me give it back to you. And she goes, no, 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 I'm fine. And... Kevin said, well, are you interested in seeing what's in it? Do you want to open it with me? (gasps) No. She kind of snapped and was like, no, I don't. Yeah, listen to your grandma. Yeah, and then he's like, okay, but like, are you sure you don't want it? Like, it sounds like it has a really sentimental story to you and your family. And she goes, no, you bought it. You made a deal. It's yours. And then she started (gasps) to cry and asked Kevin to leave. And this is, you know, her grandmother just passed away. So Kevin wrote it off as grief and that she was just upset that her grandma had died and he didn't think much of it. So he brought the item back to his store and he put it in his basement because his plan was to refinish it and give it to his mother as a birthday gift. (laughs) Why would you give that to your mom after knowing that there's potentially something evil in it? But he doesn't know. He doesn't know what a Dibbuk is. Like he just thinks that's the name that of the wine cabinet oh okay oh right 
Right. I'm thinking I I have all the knowledge and so I just assumed he did too. Well, that's the hard thing when I'm telling this story because obviously there's something haunted to it because this episode is called Haunted or it's Haunted Objects and Antiques and Things. So you guys all have a little bit more insight than Kevin did at the time. Poor Kevin. Poor Kevin. Poor Kevin's mom. Just you wait. So he put the item in the basement, said hello to the woman in charge of sales at his office, and then told her it was just the two of them that worked at the space at the time. And he said hi to her. And then he's like, I'm going to go run a few more errands. I'll be back. So he leaves her alone at the store and he goes out to do his errands. And 30 minutes later, he gets a call from the woman at the store who is in a complete panic completely hysterical bawling her eyes out saying that someone is inside the store screaming cursing breaking things what and that the intruder who was in the store had locked her in so that the iron security gates and the emergency exit were locked that she couldn't get out that is so scary she was trapped 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 inside with this thing ew and so kevin told her to call the pull and then all of a sudden his phone died he was about to tell her to call the police, but his phone went from more than halfway full of battery to dead. So he has no idea if he heard her. And then so he gets in his car and drives back as fast as possible. He gets there. All the doors and gates are locked. So he has to get his keys out. He unlocks them and goes inside and finds his employee in a corner of the space just sobbing. And Oh, my gosh. Oh, poor girl. And he says, like, stay there. And then he goes down to the basement to see what was going on. And I'm just going to give you a little note. Uh, at this point in the story, the woman is never mentioned again. So um, no one knows what happened to her. I'm going to go ahead and say that she's Where not is our great. closure? Yeah. But I can imagine after an experience like that, she's having a but probably not a great time. Right. Um, so Kevin runs down into the basement and then is overwhelmed with the smell of cat urine. And he's never had a cat. There are no animals in the store. So it smells terrible. And he's descending the stairs and he goes to sl- uh, flip this light switch on and nothing turns on. So he's in pitch blackness down in a basement and he starts walking through, inching through the darkness inch by inch. And all of a sudden his foot like crunches on glass And he looks up and sees every single light bulb is completely shattered. Those like what fluorescent tubes are all shattered. They're all there's just glass all over the ground, which is the sound of breaking glass that the woman had heard. Yeah. And yeah. So for us, I think obviously we'd be like run. But Kevin still didn't tie these experiences to the box because he what you know, it was a weird weird circumstance like he had no reason to specifically think the box had anything to do with it especially someone who i don't know maybe he didn't believe in paranormal before or who knows but he didn't he didn't think there was anything to it so two weeks after the incident kevin decided to begin working on the wine cabinet and he found out that it had a weird unique mechanism that when you open one of the doors the mechanism causes the other door and the small drawer below to open up as well on the back, there's an inscription that is not fully legible, but he believes it's in Hebrew, and, but he's never been able to get the translation of it. And then when he opened the cabinet, he found a very, very eclectic combination of items. He found one U.S. penny from the year of 1928, another U.S. penny from the year 1925, 
a small lock of blonde hair bound with string, Mm. a small lock of brownish black hair bound with string, one small granite statue that was engraved with Hebrew letters that spelt out Shalom, one dried rosebud, one golden wine cup, and one black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. That's weird. And I was reading this and I was like, okay, here are my theories. Either the woman, the grandmother who this wine bo- wine cabinet belonged to kept some of her personal items that were close to her, like maybe the things that reminded her of her family mm-hmm. in this box. But it also made me think of like a weird serial killer trophy collection. Yes. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense to anyone else, but right. each random item has a meaning. Right. And to clarify, I'm not saying that this old woman was a serial killer because I know people will be shitty to me for saying that, but I'm just, it's just such an odd combination of things that I'm like, and when you hear more of the story, it's like, there's just some thing weird about the items and i didn't think anything about her being a serial killer i literally thought that maybe the entity attached to the dibbuk box takes one thing from every home that it's lived in yeah i think there's more of a correlation between the spirit that's in this box and these Mm -hmm. items but it's very strange so he tried to reach out to the family to return the items and they refused yet again that's a bad sign but kevin still doesn't think anything of any of this he decides to give the cabinet to his mother on october 31st of 2001 halloween that's the worst day to do it (laughs) this is three days after her birthday she came over to the store and they were going to go to get lunch and before they went to go get lunch she went they went down to the basement and he gave her this gift and then his phone rings and he goes, give me one second. I'm going to step away to answer the phone. He answers the phone. And all of a sudden, one of his employees comes running towards him and yelling, something's wrong with your mom. Holy frick. What? My house is like settling or something because my TV just made the weirdest noise. This is so, why are we doing this? At, <laughs> why are we recording this at night too? We always record in the morning. Why are we doing this? So he runs back to his mom and finds her sitting in a chair beside the cabinet. Her face is expressionless. There are tears streaming down her cheeks. Her eyes are staring out as if like in a trance. Oh my God. And she cannot speak. (gasps) Holy shit. And what? So Kevin calls an ambulance and in the ambulance, they tell her that she's suffering from a stroke. So when they finally get to the hospital, she's partially paralyzed. She's lost her ability to speak. And she it took almost two full years to get all of her ability to speak back. While she was in the hospital, she could understand what people were saying. But the only way she could respond was by pointing to the letters on like a chart with the alphabet. Yeah. So Kevin is spending the day with her by her bedside and is asking her how she's doing. And she lifts her finger, points to the alphabets and spells N- O G I F T. No gift. And he looks at her and he's like, What? And she spells H A T E G I F T. Hate. Oh my God. Gift. Kevin laughed and he was like, Oh, I'm sorry you didn't like it. Don't worry. I'll get you anything you want. Like, I'll get you something else. 
And then Kevin tries to give this box to everyone else in his family. Kevin, you're spreading the virus <laughs> to all of your family members. So he gives it to his sister and his sister returns it saying that the doors wouldn't stay closed regardless of how many times she closed it. And he gave it to his brother. His brother said it smelled like lavender, but his wife, his brother's wife, said we are absolutely not keeping this because it smells of cat urine. Then he gave it to his girlfriend who gave it back to him after two days and said, you need to sell this thing. So he did. And then two days later, it was sitting in front of his shop in the morning when he got to work with a note that said, this has a bad darkness. Who wrote the note? The people who had bought it. So they bought, he sold oh. it. And oh, he sold it and they returned it. Two days later. Yeah. And so what did Kevin what, do? Did he not? I'm assuming he didn't advertise it as haunted. No, because at that point he didn't think it was. Well, everyone else did. Listen to everyone, dude. Yeah. Well, he clearly didn't because what did he do? He takes it into his own home. And he starts having horrible nightmares. And in these nightmares, he'd be walking with someone he knows, a brother, a sister, a friend, and he'd be talking to them and walking with them. And then all of a sudden, whoever's next to him, and in every dream, I think it was a different person. In the dream, this person would turn to look at him and evil would like seep through their eyes. And then the person that he knew would transform into an old hag that looked terribly demonic with evil in their eyes. And then this hag would start physically assaulting him in his dreams, violently attacking him. And it would startle him awake. And when he'd wake up, he'd find bruises and scratches in the places that this old hag had attacked him in his nightmares. Holy crap. And then a little while later, his brother and his brother's wife decided to spend the night one night. And the next morning, the brother's wife is sitting at the table with Kevin and goes, I had the worst nightmare last night. And it starts to explain the nightmare. And it was word for word, the exact same experience that Kevin was having. No way. Then the brother comes downstairs and joins them for breakfast and goes, I had a terrible nightmare last night. Oh no. <laughs> they all had the same nightmares. And this is about the time that Kevin's like, okay, something's going on. So he calls his girlfriend and he asks her, she ever had a nightmare and he describes the nightmare that he had and she goes i've only had it once like how did you know it, but it was actually right before i gave back that debug box to you so now he's certain that there's something connected to this box yeah i mean we all knew before him. <laughs> yeah everyone knows before kevin does thanks for joining the party buddy yeah someone has a clue in kevin um Things started to get worse. He started having shadows lurking in his home. He would see them in his peripherals. And then he once tried to put the cabinet into an outside storage unit. But then that same night, he was awoken by uh, a smoke alarm. And when he went into the unit, there was no smoke. But there was that smell of cat urine. And so he brought the cabinet inside and decided to do some research on the internet to figure out more about this cabinet, what it was, and like why he was experiencing these things. Mm -hmm. And he fell asleep because it was late at night and he was probably restless after or he was probably exhausted after all the restless nights. So then at 4.30 a.m., Kevin wakes up because he feels someone breathing on his neck. <laughs> when he jumps up, he sees a huge shadow running down the hall away from him. Fuck that. So then Kevin and this is I give Kevin props because he wanted to destroy the box and he realized that that was not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So he finally decided that it was something paranormal and he had to figure out another way to get rid of it. So he posted all of this, this whole story on eBay. 
he was pleading people to help him and buy it from him. And uh, the posting blew up. He kept getting tons and tons of emails. People were asking him if he had any more experiences since posting. And he said that he came home on Friday the 13th and found that all of the fish in his aquarium, all 10 of them, were dead. Oh my God. And his experiences have been verified by hospital records. And then he has sworn affidavits from his family members, I think, to verify that the object is haunted. But also, I'm sure so many people are like, this is bullshit. Like, we don't believe you. So he finally sold the box. And it is now in the hands of Jason Haxton, who is the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri. He paid $280 for the artifact from another eBay user who had bought it from Kevin first. Because it got it went through so many hands. Like Kevin sold it, and then it went to other users or other people on eBay bought it, and then it would just keep it going up for sale because it was... No one can no one, handle it. Yeah. Before Jason bought it, he bought it from a guy who said that the box caused him to lose all of his hair and that his home became infested with insects. And then Jason bought it, and when Jason... Why are people buying this? Because... Stop. I, well, Jason, it seems like he had a fascination with haunted objects and wanted to try to understand them, like more of a scientific research aspect mm-hmm. of it but when jason got it he then started to experience terrifying things like experiencing welts and hives coughing up blood choking he saw strange lights and shadows and he took the box to a specialist on jewish artifacts and she determined that the box was a sacred relic for imprisoning a spirit so she noted that the two doors on the outside opened up just like the holy closet which is a receptacle for Taurus scrolls. And then she saw metal hoops on the inside, which would hold the scrolls. And she believed that this size is used when going to comfort the family of the deceased. So the insertion of the spirit was done deliberately for a specific purpose. It's weird because you would think that by binding a spirit to an item, it's almost like catching a ghost and putting it in right it's like, like a vacuum like right it should be it should be done like problem solved but it right. can still act and go around it's just yeah mostly bound by the space that it's in it's not yeah bound to the specific like it can't only function within the box it's right the home or room wherever the box exists and it also just makes me think like the way that rebecca describes it as being purposefully used to comfort the family of a deceased and like insert a spirit it makes me think that someone thought of this idea of like instead of using it to put a spirit of a family member in it let's use it to do something evil right if it has good purposes let's use it for bad purposes or what if there was just something really evil and that was the first thing they could think of oh this is part of their tradition and they were trying to get rid of the evil that already existed amongst them Right. And they locked it in there. Mm-hmm. Whew. Okay. So then Jason, yeah. It's, so Jason decides to bury the box. And originally he said he like just put it in like something with like protective sage, like protective minerals and things like that. But then he later came out and said, no, 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 no. I put it in a military grade shockproof container and buried that thing. So does it not like, is it, it's gone now? No, because... Our 
favorite hulky hunk of a man, Zach Baggins. Zach, oh my gosh, you're just always popping up into my life. What does this mean? (laughs) And not only is he irresistible to talk about on our podcast, he was irresistible to Jason when he presented Jason with an opportunity to unbury the box. (laughs) And so Jason... If Zach asked me to do it, I would do it too. Yes, Jason fell to Zach's charms into his spell and he unburied it fell into his buff arm (laughs) weak in the knees for zach (laughs) and so he gave zach the box some people would say it had to do with zach's charm but it also might have to do with the fact that he offered thousands of dollars for the box oh that helps one step closer to buying your beacon hill mansion i would have just given that box up for free pay me one pen one penny you know? Right, right. Well, now the box is in Zach's Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, which I know a bunch of people on our Facebook group have been to. So I want to know if people have seen it and what they think. But according to TMZ, which is like a very reliable source, I know, <laughs> it, they say that you have to sign a waiver and be over 18 years old to even just see the box. I will never see that thing. I don't care. Nope. No thanks. Yeah. But so then there's a movie, actually, the Dybbuk box actually inspired the movie The Possession, which came out in 2012, which I've never seen. So I've never seen it either. The boxes, it's just so mysterious. Like, I feel like in all the research I was doing, there was nothing in terms of like what the spirit could have been or who it was or why those objects were in it. It's just all theorizing. So strange. I wonder if anyone's ever tried to catch any EVPs or communicate with the entity that's attached to it. I wonder. I don't know. And what does it want? I don't know. Let's stop asking questions. I don't want it to answer. Your soul. Just wants mac and cheese, Corinne. I'd be attached to a box of Kraft mac and cheese. Mmm. Well, if you ever get anything haunted, if you ever end up with something haunted, make sure you give it a good home. Uh. We hope we didn't scare you guys all way too much. I'm scared as shit. But we're just going to keep going. My emotions are all over the place. I'm I'm really tired all of a sudden, which makes me concerned. Is something trying to make me go to sleep? <gasps> you would think I'd be wide awake because I'm so scared. Or are you just tired? Or am I hungover? <laughs> anyway. Or is the ghost making you feel hungover? Curse this ghost. <laughs> I'm going to attach it to an Advil bottle and forever it will live there. But you guys did not need us to tell you. No. That crap can be haunted because you guys have haunted crap. Have haunted crap. All right, here we go. Here we go. This is called titled "Collecting Antiques is Just Asking for Ghosts," which I agree. She's not wrong. Mom and Dad, please get rid of the antiques in our house. Just go to TJ Maxx and get like fake copies of antiques. Right. That I'm all about. They're that. cheaper. Antiques are expensive, and, and you're just going to end up selling them on eBay anyway. So come on. Hi, ladies. Happy Halloween. Oh, this was she sent it October 30th. I wish it was Halloween right now. Love your podcast. It keeps me entertained at my less than exciting nine to five desk (laughs) job. I'm 23 from Chicago and my house and my house has always been notoriously creepy. And I will tell you my creepiest story so far. My mom loves to collect antiques, which we believe is the reason my house has had so much paranormal activity. Some regular activity includes our TV in the basement turning on and going static when no one is around. So we come down to find it on. 
the sound of someone walking up and down the basement stairs. I'm sensing a basement theme here. Yeah, basements. And my dogs growling into the dark parts of the houses of the house for no apparent reason. Uh, we can give you a reason. My mom decided it would be a really great idea to get old church benches from an 1800s German church Whoa. to possibly use one day in the yard. Or I don't know why either. Wait, this actually sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. I was going to say, kind of sounds cool. That would be beautiful. Yeah. But I'm not willing to do it for haunted reasons. Right. You'd have to sit with them, talk to them, make sure that Get they're not them. really haunted. Yeah. Creepy, too, that this is a church artifact of God. Right. Of God. When she first put those in the basement, why'd you put them in the basement? <laughs> All of, I just imagine you walk into their basement and it's like you can't really maneuver. It's all just crowded with antiques. Haunted antiques <laughs> everywhere. When she first put those in the basement, they creeped me out more than any of the other furniture. I hated walking past them and refused to sit on them. My sister said she hated them whenever she came over too. Fast forward to Halloween. My sister was throwing a big bash at her, at her house and decided to use the scary benches. <laughs> in her living room to give off a funeral home feel. Oh, my God. I want to go to that party. <laughs> this sounds awesome. The night was pretty chill. The Bluetooth speaker randomly flew. Yes, flew <sighs> off of the fireplace mantle. And at one point was staticky, but we got over it quickly. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. Went with the vibe. Later, we were all drunk and hungry. <gasps> this is perfect. It all comes around. <laughs> <laughs> I plopped down on a bench to get pizza. Siri, find me the nearest open pizza place. My phone started freaking out. Siri was going, did you say find churches? <gasps> churches? German church? Oh. And then my phone went completely white. Myself and everyone around me started freaking out. Just at that second, the music turned off and the Bluetooth speaker flew off the mantle for the second time. Oh. Everyone that witnessed it was shaken up for the rest of the night, to say the least. It was something out of a cliche horror movie. Needless to say, my mom never got those benches back. My sister put them on a curb for the garbage men the next day. That's my story. Thanks for listening, Juliana. Okay, I just imagine that there's like a priest connected to these benches and just watched a bunch of teenagers drinking and partying and was like, you all need to find a church. Go to church. <laughs> Pray for your sins. That's Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Stop asking for pizza and ask for forgiveness. It's That's so scary. Did you say churches? Find churches? German church? Wait, and then also, wait, that you know, that makes me sad is that I think that maybe the entity wants to go home. Oh my gosh, Sabrina. You turned a scary story into one that has touched my heart. <laughs> <laughs> But it's very possible. Wow. Oh, this makes me sad. <laughs> and now they're in the trash somewhere. Maybe someone saved the benches. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you someone was walking by and saved them before the trash man could get them. Right. The trash guy is going to be like, even the trash guy is going to be like, these are beautiful these benches. Yeah. And now these benches live on a beautiful peony farm <laughs> right outside on the patio and people come and sit on them and have a great time i don't know and watch the sunset in the sky and everyone's happy everything about this episode is scaring me i don't I get have... that scared at our episodes anymore but like this one's freaking me out well i will keep freaking you out all right thank you juliana for your 
very scary bench email. <laughs> what do you have to read us? Okay. Yeah. This is from Alyssa and a picture is included. Oh, fuck that. I'm looking at the picture right now. <laughs> mm. The subject line is my sister brought a haunted antique ventriloquist doll into our house. Ventriloquist dolls are already so scary. Yes. Without being haunted. They're creepy. Creepy. Yes. Very. I also, it creeps me out because I just don't understand how someone can talk like that without moving their mouth and make a doll move. Make a doll talk. Throw your voice. Am I doing Look it right now? Your... I'm kind of mm-hmm. talking. But like you don't I sound like I'm doing you. it all right. Huh? You don't sound like a full... Actually, you know what I'm really good at? Do you remember what? when you were a kid and you'd like, I'll do it. How do you do that like that? Did you, you ever do that as a kid? You're trapped in something and you can't get out? Yeah, because it's supposed to be like the sound of like, so if you're, clo- if you're strapped, if you're trapped in a closet, like you, it sounds like you're far away. So you wait, how do you do it? I can't really see you. Oh, are you just, you know, you can't see me at all. Are, you're, I can see you a little bit. Okay. So you have, you like blow out your cheeks. Okay. And you close your mouth and you go. So you're saying, daddy, daddy, I'm stuck in a closet and I can't get out in your mouth. Okay. Let me try. (laughs) What do I do with my tongue? You have to like use it on the top. Like that's what makes the sound. Wow, not my strength. Yeah, but I can't. But like, I, it's clear I'm tr- I'm doing something in my mouth. Whereas when people are using ventriloquist dolls, it's like they look and they make like facial expressions. It's an art. <laughs> I, have I think mad- that you should go to America's Got Talent with your <laughs> your trapped in a closet talent. I can only say that one sentence. So I can make my tongue look like a four leaf clover. <gasps> Me too. I call it the Tostito scoop. Apparently that means I you're can a good wiggle kisser. my ears. I can too. Can you- Are we the same person? Maybe. I'm doing it now. I can't flip my tongue though. Some people can do that. Completely flip their tongue upside down. I'm doing it. Are you? You have great control over your your mouth. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> great for eating potato salad. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Started an email like seven minutes ago. (laughs) Hi, ladies. So I'm actually listening to your podcast as I'm writing this right now. Me and my sister have been experiencing paranormal things since we were very young, and I have about 10 plus years worth of stories. So I'll just tell you the very spookiest ones. Me and my sister shared a room until I was 13. During the years we shared a room, there were a few occasions where we for sure cleaned our room, would leave the house, and when we returned home, all of our Barbies were scattered across our room. And then our mom would be mad at us for our room being a mess. Thanks, spirit. When I was 13, I moved to my own bedroom. I had this beloved doll named Kara, who I had had since I was a baby. She was one of those dolls that had the eyes that would shut when you laid her on her back. So anywho, her being one of my prized possessions, I gave her a nice place on my bookshelf while I was settling, setting up my new room. While I was unpacking, I heard the very distinct sound of a doll's eyes when they close. You know, the no. clicking noise? So I quick, quickly whipped my head around to look at Kara and she freaking blinked at me. What? 
I ended up running out of my room crying and Kara was then demoted to living in my closet for the remainder of the time that we stayed in the house. One night, I was downstairs watching TV when I heard my sister screaming from upstairs. I ran to her rescue because I'm a good sister and I saw that she was frozen in fear in front of her bedroom door. She was shaking and crying and when I finally got her to calm down, she told me that when she'd gotten to her doorway, she heard someone from inside her room whisper, shh, don't come in. (gasps) That's terrifying. That is so scary. And now for the finale. Buckle down, ladies. It's a wild ride. This story takes place in our new home where we only have had a handful of paranormal experiences. In our backyard, we have a large barn that we filled with all of our grandparents' antiques that we inherited when they passed. One day, my sister was bringing hot dogs into the barn to put them in the freezer that we kept out there. When she came into the barn, she immediately noticed this box that she hadn't seen before. Her being a tad too curious as per usual, opened the box and found an old ventriloquist doll. Um, sorry, the quality of the picture is so bad. I was too afraid to get close to him because I didn't want him to see me taking a picture. (laughs) Smart. She said that as soon as she saw it, she felt drawn to it. So she named it Luther. Luther. No, that's the wrong name. And she sent him anything else. Yeah. And she sent him atop the mini fridge in her room with his arms in a crisscross position for easy monitoring. The very first night of having Luther in her room, she woke up at around 3 a.m. to something brushing the strings on her guitar very lightly. Since we're kind of used to this stuff, she kind of just shrugged it off and went back to sleep. But 30 minutes later, she woke up to a male voice laughing in her ear. No. Oh my gosh. We had college classes the next day, and we both had a break around noon, so we were having lunch together when my sister told me about what had happened that night. I, being a dummy, was like, it would be so creepy if you came home and he had moved his arms or something. Well, ladies, guess what? Oh, no. When we got home that evening, my sister nervously called me into her room, and that was when we both saw Luther's, Luther's, Luther's arms were no longer crossed, but now straight at his sides. This happened two more times. Both times were accompanied by the drawers in our bathroom being slammed open and shut the following nights while everyone was asleep. Luther is now packed away in our laundry room, and our mom won't let us get rid of him because she wants to sell him. Anyways, that's all for now. Thanks for being such good ghostesses. Keep up the good work and keep it spooky. Allie. Okay, she she needs to sell it right now. I don't know why it's up in the yeah. closet or the laundry room. In the laundry room. Waiting. Find it a new home. Maybe Zach would want it. He probably would. Should we email Zach and pretend we have something for him? Yeah, trick him on going on a date with me. Yeah. <laughs> I have something for you. Actually, isn't he like engaged or married or something? Probably. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry to whoever's currently dating him i mean no harm no harm my sincerest apologies (laughs) it's just fun to talk about she had a lot of experiences and with dolls specifically it's all with dolls well i mean i'm sure she had plenty of other things that didn't involve dolls but there's a lot of doll action going on yeah it makes me wonder if she locked kara in the closet and then kara latched onto something else you know Just the whisper, the shh, don't come in. I know. Like, what is that? Who is that? Why is that? That's not cool. Now I'm definitely not going to come in. Like, don't worry. I'll never come in here ever again. It's yours now. Take it to your room. What do you want? I'll bring you lunch. I'll make your bed. Tell me. I'll do it. Some slices of bologna underneath the door. (laughs) Creepy, you guys. So guys are creepy. You're 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 all all so freaking creepy. I'm overwhelmed. 
Well, thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs> thanks again. We we love doing this week after week. We love being terrified. We really do. Um, why? I don't know. Why? Do I don't we, know either. Why do we do this to ourselves? Please follow us on social media. We have Instagram. We have a Facebook group. And we have Twitter. Mm-hmm. And... Email us your ghost stories at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We have merch out. Go check it out. Buy some merch. Represent. Um, get the conversation started because when someone sees you wearing a shirt that says two girls one ghost, they're gonna be very confused. Um Yes, as are the postal workers we yeah, heard. With the stickers, because it has like the, our logo on the They uh, are packaging. a bit concerned for those receiving the packages. This is like free marketing. Free marketing for us. <laughs> Just like getting to all of the uh, transportation and delivery services. They're our target audience. (laughs) Yeah, true. They're driving all day. Then we have Patreon. So if you have the ability to donate and help our podcast, we would really greatly appreciate it. And we promise to make it worth your time and give you extra extra bonus content and discounts and all that fun stuff. What else do we have? iTunes. iTunes. Oh my gosh, how could I forget? Because they... Please rate and review us on itunes it would be even more special if you could actually write a comment yeah you can hear itunes review freaking awesome boo you're not the doesn't have to be that thoughtful yeah it could literally just say i love ghost stories yeah or like corinne and sabrina are like the coolest people in the world i wish i was best friends with them and i want to hang out with them all the time and like oh my god i like can't stop listening to them and they're so cool hashtag the coolest (laughs) and we will see you on the other other side. side very spooky